Hello and welcome to episode number 40 of the Psychology of Learning Foreign Languages. My name is Gerhard Orband. I'm a lecturer of psychology, an author and German language teacher. In today's episode we'll talk about what it takes to speak like a native speaker. Last episode, number 39, was about personal development and the resistance that most language learners have against uh, uh, personal development. I just want to add something that, especially in the field of foreign languages, people have so unrealistic expectations due to clever marketing of the big players in the language learning industry. So they sell courses or apps or access to some platforms you know, with the slogan I learn now this guy with a beard le learned uh, language X in, in, in just one month and so on and uh, many book publishers do the same already for the last 20 30 years so you know, like German in six weeks or you know, 24 hours or whatever and, and the question is why should their technique achieve something that n not a single native speaker has ever achieved in his or her native language. So why does it take people to learn their native language years? You know, so because if you ask yourself or you look around and ask people, so how many years did it take to learn your native language almost perfectly because nobody is, uh, talks his or her native language perfectly, otherwise th he would be a uh, well-known poet, uh, TV personality, radio host, or whatsoever. So, how much, how much did, how long did it t uh, t take them? And uh, or d another question would be: From what year on did you speak almost perfectly your native language? So, so it, it, it's not during year one, it's not during year two, not year during year three, four, five, and six, and so on. Uh, so. So how could it be possible no, that you achieve this under much worse conditions than in your native language because you had native speakers all around you interacting with you almost 24-7. So how could you achieve this with a foreign language just with some kind of app or some kind of crazy method? It's, um, but people fall for this and, and there's this collective expectation that's this collective impatience with uh, the learning process, which leads to people uh, starting all uh, all over again for maybe let's say ten times, twenty times. So they take one course and they uh, and give it up. Then they take the next course and they buy a new book and so on. And they are for years and years and and, and, and re repeating the. the beginning to learn a language so and uh, and always uh, and they fall they always fall for the latest uh, method lat latest trick and so on and then they uh, buy this no new course or buy this new book and so on uh, and one of the reasons why they fall for this is because they don't want to work on their own personal development because they because learning otherwise a foreign language would require for them would require them to become more disciplined to establish some kind of learning habits routines to systematically plan what they are uh, what they're going to achieve uh, obtaining feedback and so on 
but uh, this is all f much too complicated for them so they fall for the latest charlatan that promised them uh, to learn language without effort in just one month okay now let's talk about how to speak like a native speaker now of course the native speaker is like the, the gold standard in language to the teaching today so everybody wants to learn with a native speaker and everybody wants to speak like a native speaker now if you have a conflict of opinions on a language related matter of course you will believe more in somebody who who is a native speaker than in somebody who isn't and this is uh, very dangerous and very wrong because um, if you think about fellow native speakers think about your com community if think about people you can meet on the streets um, you went to school with or on reality shows and so on so you will be forced to, to agree with me if you whether you like it or not that there are very many native speakers who commit even the most elementary grammar grammar mistakes now, there are a lot of native speakers that have a very limited vocabulary that no, don't know a lot of words no? there are a lot of native speakers who are afraid to speak in public in their own native language to speak on the telephone uh, well, there are some who would be terrified if they would be asked to write a formal letter or to write an essay uh, and so there are a lot of native speakers who speak very badly the no, they speak in a very vulgar way in the way and the the people who have crazy accents speak uh, defects and so on huh? so why should this be only in english this in all languages the same so, so now the so if you ask for a language related advice isn't automatically that any language native any native speaker will give you the best advice so a non-native speaker who is for example a professor of linguistics or who studied the grammar of that uh, language is m often much better informed than the native speakers and uh, i noticed this myself as a, as a german teacher and that comes originally from psychology so i didn't study formal grammar at, at, at the university although as I now happen to, to learn uh, very few uh, language students of very few uh, students at the university in Germany they focus on on learning grammar um, but especially and during the beginning I realized that many of my non-native speaking colleagues and fellow german teachers uh, they were much better informed about the uh, about grammar rules and in, in german than i was so the same many german language students here are also much better informed on grammar rules than the typical native students at the german school but, however, there are some aspects in which 
a native speaker is much better than a non-native speaker and here I will share some of them with you and if you want you can if you want to speak more like a native speaker you can work on those areas yeah. on each area there are different techniques tricks and whatsoever what that you can use to to improve uh, upon those areas uh, please check out my blog my, my book and so on if you want to go deeper into this areas now the first one is that most native speakers speakers don't do any don't make any conscious effort to produce convolu convoluted uh, co complicated and ambitious sentences so uh, for them in a conversation one word two word three word sentences they are perfect uh, they're often even the standard of a conversation so because they keep the conversation flowing so that's great or uh, you tell me or uh, interesting or really so all those small sentences uh, they they keep the conversation in flow and a foreign language uh, so a foreigner typically isn't not so isn't so good at this because he or she is always preparing his next impressive sentence in his head uh, so he, he typically will be silent for long periods of time always preparing his or her sentences uh, especially if he or she comes from countries that uh, put a premium on writing or speaking very intellectually so there are some countries uh, I think uh, especially of those that have uh, French influence in the education system so the, the teachers put a premium on you writing in a special, in a, in a flowery uh, fashion. So now those people, those students, they try to do this in a foreign language and then fall on their nose. And often people become angry with them because it it's, uh, it takes their time to listen to all those kinds of uh, ornamental propositions that do not contain much sense. Now, the second aspect is that um, native speakers are much better in paraphrasing. So, native speakers typically don't panic if they do not know a certain word or a certain phrase. So, they just formulate their sentences around this word. They say this thing there or they express it with other words. A non-native speaker becomes blocked. So say, I need to know every word for everything and otherwise I cannot continue to speak because my sentence would be wrong or I would get a bad grade. Yeah, once again, uh, this is like the, the upbringing of uh, language courses or school. So say, if you don't know the right word, then you cannot continue the sentence. Now, a third aspect is that um, uh, Non so native speakers are much better at uh, formulating their own sentences so because as children typically learn a language with playing by playing with words so they take one word combine it with a, combine it with another word and they do this for many many years and then replace one word with another word and so so it's li they're like play playing with the constructions of sentences so and children typically have also the freedom to do this. Uh, yes, people, parents start correcting them and so on, but for long periods of time, children are left alone to experiment 
with sounds, with syllables, with words, and so on. And um, also, even if some parents are hyper uh, interventionist, uh, interventionistic, so they always try to intervene and correct. Uh, and most children also speak when nobody's around. So then they have also this time of experimentation. They sit in their buggy or they are playing in their corner and they are speaking with themselves too, which is also uh, experience. Now, and a non-native speaker uh, typically is very bad in this because uh, he or she didn't have that period of experimentation because or the student, him or herself, rapidly wanted to produce correct sentences or the teacher pushed the student uh, to, to jump over this phase and uh, produce correct sentences from the beginning. Now, so the non-native speaker lacks this very important experimentation phase uh, in, in his speaking. Uh, so he doesn't have the experience of having produced millions of small sentences, of rearranging words and so on. Uh, he or she maybe have, has produced 1000 sentences in total during his whole up, uh, schooling. Native speakers typically, typically stick to one accent. And this is the accent they are they had been exposed during their childhood. And that would be their parents or the people they heard around them. And they don't have any complexes with this. They don't have any inferior inferiority complex that they have a Jamaican accent, a New Zealand accent, Australian, Indian or whatsoever accent. Now the language learner falls in one of two typically falls into one of or two of of two categories there are those that say i want to be able to speak in all accents or all the major accents american accents, accent british accent and so on and the second one that says i want to speak in no accent at all because i learned in my na own native language that accents are something bad uh, they are something related to a dialect, to some regionalisms and so on. And I want to be able to speak the standard language and the standard language is accent free. So this happens in a lot of countries, even if you cannot imagine that this is the case. From my very own experience here in Eastern Europe, uh, uh, if people hear the word accent, they become very suspicious. Uh, no, there, is, uh, there should be no accent. Now. In practice, what happens if you don't choose one concrete accent to model yourself, your speech after, then, then you will expose yourself very unsystematically to all kinds of different aspects. And then you get a hodgepodge, uh, a mixture of accents, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, uh, but if you want to adopt a certain accent, if you want to integrate in a certain region, uh, then it would be better to adapt to the local accent. Uh, and uh, this you do can only do if you expose yourself systematically to models from that region. Uh, now, a, a last aspect where native speakers and non-native speakers differ is that native speakers start 
learning a foreign language without exception, by ear. Yeah, because even if some parents would be so crazy to force a newborn into reading and writing and um, writing essays and so on, nonetheless there was a process of, of almost nine years in the womb where the child Know, by by definition wasn't able to learn through his or her eyes so so you can tell me what what you want you can tell me that you started to read at one year when you were one years old or something there was a learning process that started when you were still unborn which was acoustically so and and there are studies that show that of course the baby starts learning already before birth and the children recognize the voices of the parents and so on and I'm if I dig deep into this I'm, I'm sure that we'll find uh, studies that uh, uh, show that uh, children recognize uh, languages heard during their time in the womb uh, so they rec recognize this as something familiar so there's a natural succession in learning any language, which is starting by ear and then later orientation by eye. So if you want to mess up the development of a child, you, uh, you change it all the way around. So hopefully no, nobody has come up with this crazy idea. No, although people start to uh, teach their children to read and write in the kindergarten level and so on. No? It's something which is debatable, but no, without exception, everybody learns like this uh, native language, and this is also why everybody, even uh, children in very unliterary families that don't read books and don't talk a lot uh, on intellectual topics, that they learn uh, to speak well for their uh, environment, uh, so they are adaptive for the environment. Now non-native speakers almost always start learning by uh, by eye. And so they they say I need visual orientation, write it down and so on. This is of course uh, the effect of years of schooling because everything we did at school where we got a grade for was somehow related to re uh, reading and writing. Um, because for the teachers well, it was mat much easier to correct uh, uh, let's say a multiple choice tests of 30 students and to um, to make an uh, oral exam uh, with 30 students and interviewing interviewing them for half an hour each so it's not feasible to do this so, so we have become conditioned that um, what is done on paper is something serious and what is not done on paper is n uh, it's not serious because we don't get grades for this and so on this uh, and now if you take uh, the typical language student the typical language student is somehow frustrated and blocked that he or she is not making the expected progress yes at the beginning you make a lot of progress you memorize some words but almost everybody of us reaches some kind of glass ceiling where he or she feels that I cannot go beyond this level of my foreign language proficiency. And maybe, maybe, may, it's the reason of this is that we started uh, learning the language completely 
the other way around. Huh? So, and then of course we'll have where where do we have typically the problems? So we don't have the problems in co completing grammar exercises on paper and so on. Huh? But we have the problems uh, when we need to communicate on the phone with somebody. Huh? No, or we are talking to somebody on the streets, no, on the noisy, crowded streets with strangers with different accents and so on. No, or if we need to make presentations and so on, then we feel that we are not competent enough. No. Okay, I hope uh, those insights or th those ideas uh, provoke you into um, scrutinizing your own language learning routine. Please send me your comments. Uh, and wishes for future episodes. Thank you for listening and hope to hear you again next week on the psychology of learning foreign languages. Bye bye.